to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. You know, I know it's cliched to talk about the weather, but holy buckets, is it cold out there. Man, freaking cold. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 we got slapped on the face by winter today, didn't we? I think we've been slapped by the in the face by winter for the last... 10 days and it looks like we got about another 10 another to, 10 days to, to go, go. Um, I was assuming l- that most of our listeners are in the upper Midwest which would mean they, they are, are. In, in the in the crux of the polar vortex right now yes do you have a go-to phrase for how cold it is like it's yeah. colder yeah colder than a witch's tit dang okay why was so, that yours yeah that's mine oh, I thought okay. maybe you'd have one I mine was colder than a witch's titty in a cast iron bra Okay. Ever heard it out to that? No, I haven't heard it taken that far. Okay. But yeah, I always go to the witch's tit. Yeah. Um, It's like, the one thing I would say is listening to Sports Talk Radio, other podcasts, they talk, when when somebody starts talking about the Midwest, they immediately start talking about the weather. And I've always have the thought process go to my head. And and again, we're talking about the Big Ten footprint for the most part that are listening to this podcast. You know, what a bunch of wusses. Like, you can say the word. They're pussies. I think so. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, all the time. That's the first thing you think about. Put a coat on. Right. Um, They were talking about the Super Bowl this week, and they were putting the forecast out for next week, and it was getting down into the upper 40s and 50s, and they said, bring a a winter coat. And I'm like, man, that's sweatshirt and shorts right there. Well, Minneapolis got a lot of blowback about the weather last year. Yeah. Not that it was terrible weather for, you know, Weather for here, Super Bowl, yeah. but yeah, a lot of complaining about it. It gets old. But with that being said, it was negative nine when I took I my dog my, for a walk this morning. Minus nine. One of my uh, uh, not co-workers, but somebody I do business with was even further north, north of Duluth. When he drove by the bank at seven o'clock this morning, it said negative yeah. 27. Mercy. <laughs> That's actual temperature. Wow. How it feels like. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. I'll never forget my first trip to Fargo. I you know checked in the hotel, get out in the morning and turn my car on and it was minus sixteen. I'm like this is this is North Dakota right yep. here. I'm I'm deep in it in my first visit. And then speaking of deep into it with the cold, uh, you have a cold right now. Oh boy, I got my ass kicked this weekend by a cold. Not only just this weekend, like into the week, it was like five days of misery. I've never had a worse cold than this, and I know I don't sound like myself right now. There's I, a reason for that. I think you sound even basier and, and yeah and earthier. I'm, I'm feeling a little raspy. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Yeah. I I think it's gonna sound good let's hope it plays well all right so we are the the general thought process with this podcast pretty similar to the last one which is uh, kurt's gonna ta- start out with some housekeeping items we're gonna have a little bit of a random uh something we're gonna talk about for the second uh, segment for the third segment uh as we did last time uh, before the season starts we have previews of the season yeah. these will be the post views of the season and the teams we're gonna Hit this this uh, podcast are Michigan State, Illinois, Indiana, and Northwestern. Alrighty, all right, on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Here we go. Start off with Illinois. More news. Offensive tackle Larry Boyd enters the transfer portal. Now he's basically the equivalent of that. Uh, who's the guy from Iowa that you said he had grade problems? Davian Nixon. Davian Nixon. Same things going on there. Off field issues. I think it may be a little more in grades. He wants to stay. He, he, there is a small chance he stays, but it looks like he's probably going to have to move on. Yep. Maryland hires John Hoke as their defensive coordinator. Uh, a lot of experience, college and pro, was recently the Bucks defensive backs coach. Tampa Bay Bucks. That is Minnesota adds Oregon staffer Rod Chance. As their cornerback coach, former defensive coordinator at Utah State, and Royal Silver, great name. Yes. Defensive lineman has left the Gophers. Bad news here, citing a medical condition. Started five games last year, so they got a little thinner on the defensive line. Rutgers adds Pete Rossimano as offensive line coach, was recently head coach at Central Connecticut State. Okay. Jonah Jackson. This one's sad. I don't like this. This is in the? He's in the... There it is, the transfer portal. 
This guy has played some guard, some center's career, basically a two-year starter, was a 2018 team captain, one of their better players on offense, and is now in the portal. Sad to see that happen. So I, w- I was waiting for you to work your way through the housekeeping items to get to him because this is a special portal situation to me, and, I, okay. and by special, I mean this is awful. Um, what I've basically been... Do you feel t- he's portaling up instead of portaling down? There you go. Okay. So this is our first instance of yeah. a... And this is what horrible, I was of, of a horrible part of the... Because this is what you get. There's always going to be some form of blue blood help that is going to happen, or yeah. it's going to work in the advantage of blue blood. I don't know what you want to say, but in this case, it's awful because what you have is a very solid player. At, yep. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm saying anything that's going to offend too many people, but a, a subpar struggling football program yep. in Rutgers. What you would hope is this would be a guy that would be a shining beacon to your younger players right. and other players on the team. And now with the portal, what he can do is say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and transfer out of here. And and because they've made it so easy, he'll go to a, yeah. obviously a better, a better program. And that is going to absolutely murder lower programs like that. Yeah. I, I still don't think we'll see as much of this as we will the other direction uh, guys tra- uh, transferring from a better program down to a lower program. I think that's what's going to happen more often, but it just sucks for a team like Rutgers to lose a fifth year guy, a leader like this. That's like, I mean, as an Illinois fan, I know these are the guys you need on your team to succeed. Hundred percent. Right? It's, it's it's everybody needs guys like this on their team. A third year. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying it's not germane to just no. lower program teams, middle or even upper teams. Obviously, I don't think they're going to lose. Uh, upper teams are going to lose players like this, but this is awful. I mean, for for Rutgers or anybody program that would be equal to it. And the other thing I want to point out too is I think the general consensus is okay. Well, we've gotten through the. Most of the recruiting time, um, the portal is going to calm down. I'm just going to call it right now. I think the portal is going to fire up even more in the spring. In the spring, it will. And I've heard coaches saying the same thing. Like, oh, you haven't seen anything till after the spring. It's going to get much worse. So we'll we'll keep giving you the updates. Wisconsin extends head coach Paul Christ for an additional year through 2024. That's kind of a yearly thing for them now. They basically just give them another year every year. And then... Kyle Penniston, tight end, enters the. <laughs> I shut it down, man. Oh wait, fire wait, back what up does the Kyle portal. Penniston empty, uh, enter? He enters the transfer portal. Eligible immediately as a grad transfer. Now here's a general one. Did you hear the NCAA Oversight Committee has discussed making targeting? A two-tiered penalty? Did you hear about this? We almost—I would have forgotten to bring this up. This—I had is, to bring it up. This is—is is this it's like my favorite this, topic? This is like Christmas in late January for you. Well, not exactly. It, dep- depending on how. So it here's goes. what their plan is. Well, it's not a plan yet. This was just a discussion. They proposed something. You you have two tiers of targeting penalty. The first one is hits without malicious intent get a 15-yard penalty but no ejection. There you go. But had that, Which is good. That'd be good. Because your thing that you always bring up is the shame. Shame. Wait, I'm going to get to that. Okay. okay, hold on. So number two would be basically the same as now. More egregious hits would remain as the current penalty, 15 yards, ejection, suspension, and public shaming. Yes, shame. But, okay, What I the, if I'm trying to be optimistic on okay. how this would be, okay, Maybe we could be happy about this because well, now be it is a step to, in the right direction. It would be. And then it would be up to certainly some official. I don't know if this is like a booth and, you know, it sends it up to Chicago or, you know, wherever they're looking at it. But the fact of the matter is at this point, it comes to a ref that gets to make a decision at the time. Was it egregious yeah. or was it just, oops, he made a mistake? If we can get to the point where 90% of the time it's just, oops, he made a yeah. mistake. You get a 15-yard penalty, but the kid stays in the in the game. My guess is that's what they're going to do. There, it is going to be a. You might be very, right there. Oh, I, th- I think it'll be a very uh, uh, much more often thing where they keep the kid in the game because they understand right. that it's stupid to take a kid and, and lose for four quarters and, of his career. And hopefully, Jim Delaney pulls the all the officials aside and says, "Look, unless it's something where he's tearing a guy's head off, let's get let's the kid. Just, yeah, let's keep the very kid so. in the game. That's what that's what my, that's how that's what my read. But is I on. never like making things more complicated than they have to be. They it, as I've said many times on this program, it should just be 15 yards. That's it. End we're, of the deal. This is working our way there. It, it, it's good news. 
I, chin up, buddy. I just try chin to, up. I always try to find you like about college this. football a little bit better now than you did one week ago. That's, That's what good I point. think. That's yeah, what you're I right. Think. But it's not a rule yet. They're just discussing this. It's gonna happen. Okay. And that concludes housekeeping. All right. So um, the the off the cuff um, something that just kind of popped into my head at some point this week. Threw it at Big Kurt. I was actually wasn't really sure how uh, excited you would be about this. I was I was very happy about the fact you were interested. But yeah. um, right now, th- this is a Big Ten football podcast. Um, anybody that knows me well knows that I would be embarrassing myself if I tried to get into a deep dive with with basketball. Oh Lord, me too. Re- oh really? I thought maybe. Oh, you're a Illini fan. I thought there's a little bit oh, no. deeper knowledge. Okay. And I have I have to tune out. Illinois basketball completely right now. I don't have enough, you know, room. I don't have enough place to hold the sorrow to follow not only the football team, but the basketball team. So college basketball is dead to me at the moment. (laughs) But with that being said, if we did a deep dive into 90s and early 2000s basketball, my guess is you would have a lot more. Oh, sure. Yeah. I followed it pretty closely back then. Um, With that being said, it's hard to deny or miss the fact that Big Ten basketball is on a big-time uptick right now. The The league in general is just an absolutely <laughs> – Friday night when we're recording. Uh, Big Kurtz got, got a brewski. Just opened I, my second Pilsner or Cavell. Yep, and I got uh, my typical bourbon the that I got going on. The best Pilsner in the world. It is, hands down. There's yeah. Not a, um, anyways, but, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, big 10 basketball is an absolute gauntlet right now. Um, something though, that I always think about because even when I'm watching basketball, probably to a certain degree, I'm still thinking about God's sport, which is college football and just Indeed. football in general. And I see these certain guys running around the court sure. and, um, they're having a, probably a pretty nice college basketball career right and i don't mean to make everything about the money but ultimately if you can make millions and millions of dollars playing a sport playing a sport that kids play to have fun that's quite the advantage in life what i'm getting at is i believe there are a ton of basketball players that if they would make the switch to play okay well then that gets us into the bait uh no not a ton okay I, I walked that back a little bit. So, like the there Zion would, kid from Duke, he would he would I, be an example. And Zion, he, Zion, and LeBron are to me that is very, very. That, that's that's a topic right there. I I heard that LeBron played high school football for a cup of tea, and then no, he, he played pretty long. He okay. played three years of high school, I think. And I heard something that he, he was, was like clocked all, at a legitimate four three. In the 40. He was that fast. Really? Yes. Well, he was think a wide about, receiver. Yes. I know that. And he was like, I think maybe all Ohio. <laughs> right. Okay. He yeah. could have, he he obviously could have gotten a college football scholarship had he wanted it. I now, mean, that's, he had to be at least a four star if he wanted to be, right? <laughs> at, at least a four star. Yeah. So to a certain degree, we're not talking about LeBron and Zion because as much fun as it would be if there, if LeBron, had a twin brother, Zebron, and Zebron played college football. And then, okay. I, no doubt in my mind, he would be still in the NFL playing football right now. With that being said, Zion and LeBron are going to have NBA careers. That is one hundred percent the correct choice but, for and, them. And again, I don't, I have not watched any college basketball, but the Zion kid I hear is like physically dominant, but he's not great correct. skills yeah. wise. So he's, maybe he's not going to be a great NBA guy. That's true. You know, but he will. Get paychecks in the NBA. Oh, he will once for sure. Yeah. Once you get multiple paychecks in the NBA, you've made the correct choice. Okay, so what I'm talking about yeah, is the guys that okay, the first one that comes to mind. I, I don't mean to dig on the guy, but Iowa had a basketball player for years named Ahmed Wagner. Okay, roughly six 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 seven, two hundred and forty five pounds. Okay. Physical specimen, kind of like what you're talking about with Zion right now. He was more of an athlete than he was basketball mm-hmm. player. 
Long story short, he did wind up skipping his senior year playing basketball at Iowa, transferred to Kentucky to play football. Oh, no kidding. And he was actually a part of the, I can't remember who Kentucky was playing, but they got the extra uh, uh, play at the end of the game in overtime. They threw the ball into the end zone to Ahmed Wagner. He drew a penalty, and then they uh, either kicked the uh, field goal or or scored a touchdown after that to win the game. Anyways... Ahmed Wagner is a is a perfect example of somebody that is such a physical specimen. I believe they could play tight end, maybe defensive end. Well, those are the two that come to mind right away. first for me. Tight right. end and defensive end. Okay. So when you think of a converted basketball player that wound up having an amazing NFL career, who do you think of? Uh, Gates. Okay. Yeah. yeah Antonio so, Gates. So Antonio Gates. <laughs> He's listed at 6'4", 255. He's, okay. he's, he's a couple biscuits over 255 Oh, yeah, he's right bigger now. than 255. Yeah. He's 38 years old. Do you know that? I can't believe he's still playing. Dude, he's pretty productive Heck, still. yeah, man. I love Antonio Gates. I guess yeah, he's been awesome. forever. And then another one would be Tony Gonzalez, who sure. was, yeah, I, I don't know if he was a college. I'm pretty sure Cal. he was a college basketball player. Right? Yeah, he was a yeah. basketball player in college. So in his weight and height and weight playing was 6'5", 247. Okay. Um. There are Big Ten basketball, I mean, any any Division One player, you're littered with guys that are around 6'5", probably playing around 225, 230, yep. but very easily a, you know, nutritionist weight, you know, weight gain. Yeah, they sure. could get them up to 245. Right. Um, the guy that I was looking at for Michigan, Ignis Brasdikas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Big. Now... Big big white boy, big freshman. Yep, I think he, his listed at six six two twenty six five two twenty somewhere around there. Now he's European, so obviously uh, he's probably never looked at, picked up, thrown a football his entire life. I haven't seen but, much of him, but he looks thicker than that. Okay, yeah, no, that's what I thought. He's looks yeah. thicker too. My guess is and he's only a freshman, but I would be hard pressed to think that that guy's going to have an illustrious NBA career. I don't um, know. I couldn't. Right. But again, this is this is my whole point, and, and I know like at typically at six five, six four, two twenty five, you're a you're a shooting guard in the NBA. You're not a yeah, forward. that's true. You're probably not even a small forward. You you better be an amazing ball handler and probably an even better shooter just to get your shot off in the NBA. I don't know. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but I I, I just really believe if you're at that athleticism and unless you are definitely projected in the top 40 of the NBA draft just 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 look at something else and look at But don't football. you think most of well first of all you start playing something and focusing on it because you're good at it usually but then also because you love it and then you get to a point where okay maybe you're not going to make it do I really want to get my ass kicked every day and switch over to football they they're probably also gravitating towards sports because they don't like the contact. Like, Certainly, that is a great point. There's no doubt that there is a gene that you're either born with it or not born with it, which is you like contact. Yeah. And my guess is there the NBA is littered with guys that don't like contact. <laughs> do not like contact. <laughs> not that it, not that I don't know if you've ever sat down. I mean, with there's floor some seats. football players that don't like contact. Yeah, that's probably a good point. I, by the way, have you ever sat floor seats at like a Timberwolves game or an NBA game before? No. It's a physical game. Don't give me. It's it's a different no, it's game. It's definitely it's a different. Yeah. But with that being said, it's not even close not to the what the, you know college football or the NBA is. But I don't know. That that was just something I. I Here's I one that we of. haven't brought up. I would love to see Allen Iverson as a cornerback or wide receiver. He was an amazing option quarterback. Yes, in he high was. school, and obviously he wouldn't project to a quarterback. But but a guy six foot tall, like I'd, I'd especially like to see him at corner. Like that quick, and I don't know how fast he was, but he slot must have been pretty fast. Slot receiver would be good, yeah. Because you know, if you're playing basketball at that level, one of the things you got to have to play certainly slot wide receiver. I would even say uh, corner two is good hand eye coordination. I don't think there's any question if you're playing in the even Division oh, yeah. One, but you're at the NBA level, you have extremely high level yeah. hand eye coordination. Running around and catching a ball at that point, I don't know, should be pretty easy. Yeah. And I don't mean to simple this down to the point where it's it's that easy. There are obviously nuances of the game. Certainly at tight end, you got to learn how to block. But I could see Iverson as like a uh, 
a, a Deion Sanders type. Yeah, I I, I think he would have been more like a, running, like a running back. He's too thin for that, though. He, was he that thin? Yeah, he's okay. pretty thin. Yeah. The one thing I would say, though, is, you know, when you watch high school basketball, a point guard may oftentimes be 5'9", five, 5'10", five, you mm-hmm. know? And then you see a point guard in the NBA, and you kind of think they're along the same height. Then right. you realize, oh, no, that point yeah, that guard is like 6'3". Yeah, <laughs> um, you remember Quentin Rollins, the Packers cornerback? He played three years of basketball at Miami. Okay. Switched Ohio. Switched to football for one year <laughs> and then got drafted by the Packers. And he's still playing. Not or, for the Packers. He's with the uh, Cardinals now, I think. Point being, still in the league. Still in the league. Does yeah. that does that kind of prove the point that I'm Yeah, because I don't beating? think he was ever going to make it in basketball. Yeah. Maybe we'll start a maybe we'll start a revolution here. You got more guys? You got a couple more. Well, guys? Jimmy Graham played right. Jimmy, duh. He played four years at Miami, both basketball and football. Correct. Yeah. Would have forgot that one. That's yeah. another great. example. I don't know how good he was at basketball. I wonder if he had a chance. I mean, it seems like he has the body where right. he play in the NBA. So we got we got Jimmy Graham, we got Tony Gonzalez, and we got Gates. That's just three. Not only are they were they catching a paycheck in the NFL. These guys are we probably got two Hall of Famers right there. Yeah, and potentially and potentially three. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Jimmy Graham would be not not so much, but So speaking of Tony Gonzalez, I know this guy who played defensive end at Navy and played against Tony Gonzalez when he was at Cal. Okay. And he said I think it was a bowl game. And he said uh he was getting beat so badly that Tony would he would he well first of all he'd help him up he'd, he'd say like hey you did a great job on that play <laughs> he started to encourage <laughs> and then he started telling him what he was gonna do before he did it to and try to help him out he still couldn't stop him <laughs> <laughs> that's great huh? hey man I, Tony Gonzalez seems like a good dude that that fits right in with his personality. <laughs> Uh, All right, so that's kind of the uh, uh, off-topic topic. So now we will get into our four-team post-views. All right, so before we get started, uh, we went through four teams last podcast. This is, of course, a competition because everything in life is a competition. Pick Kurt. Naturally, holds a, a two one one lead. We had a we had a tie yeah. in there. So all right. So first up here, we have got the Michigan State Spartans. I had them at five and four in the Big Ten, eight and four overall. Big Kurt, yeah, seven and two, yeah, in the Big Ten, ten and two overall. They actually wound up five and four, seven and five overall, and then seven and six with a bowl loss. So. That's a pretty easy win yep. for uh, Jeffrey the Greek there to make it two two and one. I Damn. at one point I had them at seven and five, mm-hmm. and I felt guilty because I did not feel that Michigan State deserved that. Right. So then I I, I propped them up to eight and four. Um, with that being said, some of the things that concerned me about Michigan State last summer before the season started, I think definitely came to fruition. Yeah, their depth. Yeah, depth that was a big one. Right. Um, when you think about Michigan State, just in general in 2018, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Great defense. Okay. So you can start on the positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't even give up a thousand yards rushing on the year. You really should. It's good. It's good to talk more on the positive in life in general. Um, we could talk about their putrid running offense. Well, we'll get that next because I guess that's where I was going, but certainly what they were able to do with defense this year, um, they, they, there was concern about depth across the board, not just sure. on offense. Oh, yeah. there, was, there was concern about depth on the defense. They had some injuries here and there. I mean, they started out yeah, with a corner injured right from the get-go. Right. The fact of the matter is Michigan State, this staff, they know how to coach a defense no matter what. doesn't yeah. matter what what they're going against, what offense they're going against. Doesn't seems doesn't matter what personnel they roll out there. With that being said, this was an especially stingy defense this year. It was incredible. I, you know, it, it's a shame that it was almost a wasted year for this defense. I mean, I'm not saying they had a bad season. It was still a decent season. But could you imagine if they had a functional offense, how good they could have been this year? Like, and that's that's like, what gets you into the other side of the ball. Honestly, good enough to 
probably win the Big Ten if they had had their normal offense that could run the ball and 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 Lewerke's healthy. They didn't have all the injuries at wide receiver. They could have given Ohio State a run for the money. Certainly, if I'm a Michigan State fan, I want to hear from this podcast about the injuries because there is absolutely no doubt that injuries played a huge part in their offense getting taken yeah, down. Yeah, they probably had more injury. They were probably ravaged worse than any other Big Ten team, right? I, it, I The only unit that I would say – you could put them up against would be Wisconsin's defense. Yeah, that's true. Wisconsin had a lot on defense. That's those were probably the two big ones though. Yeah. Um yeah. with that being said, you feel like there is still a level of quarterback play that you would expect out of Brian Lewerke and did not see that. Well this he was year. atrocious, but I think a lot of that probably was due to he had a shoulder injury. Yeah. I, don't I think, think he, he probably healthy. had it for most of the year and we didn't even know it. Played through it. Yeah. Yeah. He and seems then, like that type of guy. You know, and then it, it obviously got bad enough where they had to put Lombardi in, and that was an It was good for a, a flash. It look, it, when it started, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this guy. And then uh, that lasted for maybe a half. Yeah. And then it was just atrocious and after then it, that. And, and it was bad after and, that. But also, like, you're bringing in a young guy, and you have absolutely no running game to support him whatsoever. Um, they uh, The only time... They scored more than 35 points was versus Utah State. They scored 38. But you look at their offense, right? Which was a good team, by the way, Utah State. Yeah, and I'd like to point out Utah State was a darling to have ranked with with everybody, but yet they still couldn't beat a what turned out to be a you know seven and six sure Big Ten team. Um, uh, but the beginning of the year, uh, Utah State they they started out scoring a lot of points there. Um, scored a lot of points versus Indiana. Scored a lot of points versus Central Michigan. Even put up quite a few points in a couple other games. But as the season went down, yeah. <laughs> their point total total yeah. just absolutely uh, uh, dissipated throughout. Um, as far as the low point of mm-hmm. the season, um, probably the two games that would that would stick out to me the most was Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Second game of the year. That was the first sign of, uh oh, maybe yes. maybe this isn't as strong as a team as as we thought it was. I going was a to little be. surprised, but at the same time, I thought you know one game they're traveling late at night, big deal, they'll be fine. But remember, m- almost every single poll had these guys definitely in the top fifteen. A lot of people have yeah. them in the top ten. Right. Even after the first week, boom, they lose to Arizona State. Um, probably the game that solidified that this was going to be. This this was wound up being a tough year. Was the loss at Nebraska, nine to six? I mean, I know it was snowing, yeah. um, but at that point, they still were playing for maybe a little bit more in the season. But that kind of solidified that it was going to be a, a a tough bowl for them to make. Yeah. So I I don't disagree with you, but that was late in the season. My bad game, and I know this is a good team, but when they lost to Northwestern yep. at home, that, yeah. that's what signified to me that they weren't as good as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, so that was October 6th. Yeah, no slight to Northwestern, but again, that was a game that Michigan State was certainly favored to win, yep. uh, got beat by 10. The one thing I would say about that, and this is kind of miraculous, they turned around the very next week, got, went on the road, yeah. and beat Penn State. So that's my high point That's right there. 100% yep. the high point right there. But Great, yeah. great effort. In the end, um, they finished the year seven and five regular season, <laughs> and then basically play the same uh, game versus Oregon that they did versus Nebraska, uh, putting six points on the board. Yeah, playing Sparty Ball. That was Sparty Ball. Oh boy! But couldn't pull out the win. Nope. So, and let's take a pause there so Big Kirk can get another beer. Sounds good. Okay, I'm switching it up this time. Yeah. Going with the local one, we've got the Fulton Sweet Child of Vine, which nice. is a beautiful IPA. <laughs> All right. Next up, are you ready for this sizzle chest? Yeah, I'm ready there, sizzle chest. Hit me with it. The Illinois Fighting Illini. All right. Jeffrey the Greek had him at 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten, 4-8 okay. overall. Big Kurt had them at 2-7 and seven in the Big Ten. Four and eight overall. They wound up two and seven in the Big Ten. Boom. Four and eight overall. Hey, Big Kurt knows his Illini, so obviously I, he I picked gets the every win there. game in correctly. Did you, know you really when you yeah. went through the schedule? Yeah, that's insane. All right, so Big Kurt takes the lead here, three, two, and one. Um, I'll start out. Yeah, please with the Illini. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear your analysis first. I believe what should be the story of the Illini okay. that. Uh, 
everybody's doing the same thing now. They're already projecting into next year. Um, they're talking about the Big Ten West. Everybody's yep. talking about every team except for Illinois, um, which is unfair. Yeah. Well, maybe not unfair, but it's just too bad, I guess, is the best way. What I'm trying to get at is this. There were positive things that happened. There were some. And the thing that jumped out at me was this was a much more explosive offense than anybody thought it would be Absolutely. in August before the season started. Without a doubt. I mean, going from one of the worst offenses in the country to the Maybe second. people forget how bad Illinois' offense was in Yeah, I don't remember what they were ranked, but it was like 125th maybe in the country. <laughs> Even if you give or take three or four, And that's I think bad. they ended up like around like in the 40s, like 50s, somewhere yep. on there. Yeah. They were the number two rush offense in the Big Ten. I don't think... Frickin' Noy. I don't I don't know how many people know that. I wonder how many people listen to this podcast realize that Outside the, of the only Big team Ten that outrushed them in the Big Ten was, was Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Outside of the Big Ten, I guarantee you, right around 1% of the college football That's probably being generous. That. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Rod Thomas, right? That's that's the offensive coordinator. Um, uh, Rod Smith. Rob Smith. Rod Smith. Sorry. Rob Thomas, I believe, was the lead singer of Matchbox of Matchbox Twenty. Yes, <laughs> yeah. great band. Uh, if you were in the in the in college, in yeah, the solid grunge band back um, in the day. Anyways, uh, deserves a lot of credit for how much how the offense looked. There was rotating quarterbacks throughout the year. Yeah, st- rotating offense. So we should bring. There was that rotating up. everything. We should bring that up. It, Illinois fired their previous offensive coordinator, uh, just did a horrible job, and literally, you know, one year, this guy was with these guys just a few months and turned them into an actual, legitimate, explosive offense. Play calling matters. Play calling matters. Scheme matters. Not flipping your linemen from one side to the other matters. Who would you say was the most exciting offensive player to watch for Illinois in 2018. Well, I don't think there's any question it was Reggie Corbin. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know. I don't uh, think there's any question along with people not knowing that Illinois finished second in the Big Ten and rushing. I don't think people realize how good Reggie Corbin is at running the ball. Yeah, I saw something the other day. He was He's on a short list of most, um, like most. Moderated or. No, most missed tackles. He had the most missed tackles. Not the most, but he was like top five, you know. When Kurt was saying that, he was. He was bobbing and I was juking like I was like I was Reggie Corbin. <laughs> Barely can contain him down here in the uh, downstairs athletic club. So yeah, I mean that I'm good. I'm good. We start out with a positive with Illinois. Obviously, they get dogged on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. With that being said, now we switch to the other side of the ball, and the defense was it was it was atrocious, historically bad. It was the it, I mean it, it just was. It was the worst. Defense, probably in school history. Yeah. Um, Hardy Nickerson was showing the door right around what week? Uh, let's not see. Soon when was that? <laughs> not soon enough. I'm trying to remember what week that was. I don't recall. It was about midseason, though. I mean, we're looking at some of the points total. Yeah, let's, that, let's that, go through. They gave up 63 points three times. <laughs> you know, I had that. I, I was I was peering on the schedule at that earlier this week, but I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to run through it with you. Um, and then I guess we'll we'll jump into so so they've given up sixty three points three times they yeah. gave up fifty four fifty five forty nine forty six oh. you uh you could roll out about anything out there offensively against Illinois this year and have a pretty productive day yeah I mean <laughs> <coughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna give Vicker convulsions here. You know, it got a little bit better when they got rid of Nickerson, but it didn't get drastically better. Let's be honest. Um, and they didn't lose a lot off of that defense. Yeah. I mean, they lost. And ironically, going into the season, I was more optimistic for Illinois' defense than I was. Their I offense. was, too. I actually was, too. Um, since we're talking about the you know unfortunate but, parts of, of okay, the year, I, I would I would think the low point of the year was the 63 to nothing drubbing by Iowa. I turned it off after the first quarter. Yeah. But before we go there, I just want to say the wide receivers may have been worse than the defense. Hmm. I mean, th- this was this is not a, a Big Ten unit here. It, it, in the MAC, they'd be eh, decent to bad Okay. in the MAC. But anyway, moving on. Yes, Iowa was awful. I, you know, I, I watch every game. 
I watch every play of every game. God bless I your could, soul. I couldn't watch. Yeah. I had to turn it off. I know. A lot of people are asking us that week, are you going to watch the game together? Not that we wouldn't have. Yeah, it would have been fine, but yeah. I, I'm kind of glad we didn't. Yeah. Well, um, because I would have ruined it. I would have just gone home. Um, Yeah, so obviously that was a low point. I think you could pretty much tell that, that the team had packed it in midway through the second quarter. They did they did put up a fight the next week versus Northwestern. The high point of the year, I don't think it's any question, yeah. Minnesota. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, nobody saw that coming. That was the low point of the year for Minnesota. Well, and, and it, it kind of saved Minnesota's season. It really kind of did. Yeah, which we'll it get to eventually. A, a I actually have, I have the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good for me was Minnesota. The bad was USF because for me that was the yeah. pivotal game of the year. I thought about USF. US, should, and, and if people don't remember. They should have won the game. They should have won the game. They had the game in hand. They gave it away and I had said before the season, this is the pivotal game. Can you imagine if they had started 4-1? and one, Two games away from bowl eligibility. From bowl eligibility. Could have been a different season. The ugly was Iowa. Which brings me to my final point from the Illini. Um, I don't know if we said it on this here podcast, but we talk outside the podcast as well. Before the season started, you being a realistic fan and person in general, mm-hmm. and even more so with the Illini, you yeah. said, this is what I want. I want a win in the Big Ten and at least three, if not four or five wins total for the season yeah you you did get that i did you're right so i would say overall if even if you're the most optimistic illini fan you shouldn't feel too incredibly dejected for well not totally dejected but it, it, it's it was the, the nature of the defense it, is what put the stain the nature on. of the defense just the way that they lost the games they lost is what destroyed the fact that we actually won two Big Ten games. So something that we'll get into is that, you know, not all four and eight teams or records look the same. So yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about there. I guess so. Yes. Moving on. All right. Next up, the Indiana Hoosiers. Oh, right. boy. Jeffrey the Greek. I had him at 0-9. Oh, did you really? In the Big Ten, 2-10 and 10 overall. Mm. Big Kurt... Not much, Not much better. better. One and eight in the Big Ten, three and nine overall. Big, big thumb in the nose to all of us. They were two and seven yeah. overall. Five and seven or two and seven in the Big Ten, excuse me. Five and seven overall. You just nudge me out in this one. So you take a, a four two one lead. All right. Um, my thought process was going into this year with Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, when we did the deep dive and the previews. I saw so many key losses on defense, right? And and other areas. Okay. And it just looked like and then you you put it up against how tough the Big 10 East was going to be. Sure. You yeah. you looked at their their schedule. Um I believe truth be comment- told, truth be told Indiana fans, um Crimson and Corey, hope you listen. Um I took the season under bet for Indiana, mm. which was their their over under was 5. So we okay. had actually pushed so good job, Vegas. Um, I thought for sure this was a three or four win team. I kind of did too. I would say overall, again, this is kind of going back to our previous team and, and thought process. You wanted to see something out of Indiana improvement, some good stuff. I think you you got. I that. think you kind of did, right? And you've got you had anyway an offensive coordinator that was kind of tying one hand behind your back. So it, I think this could have been a little bit better team. The um, Lord. Pardon me? DeBoard. <laughs> DeBoard. Yes, DeBoard. Um, the one, for me, the bad was at Minnesota. Okay. I really thought at that point in the season they were a better team. They should have, even on the road, gone and beaten a Minnesota team. But that was a Minnesota team that had just fired. If you the- can remember, that was a Friday night game. That was a really that's, good that's game. That's true. Crazy cold rain or yeah. whatever. That uh, Lost 38-31. to 31. Um, It was a game they could have won. Yes, it was. They They were certainly up in the game. Kudos to Minnesota for coming back. That was a, that was a huge. Yeah. Um, I put the low point with for the season for them, which was kind of in our last podcast, the high point for Purdue was was the last game of the year because really? that's your rival. They were playing for a bowl game right. at that point. So to me, 
I think if you ask Indiana fans, I don't think there's any question they would pick out Purdue. As far as the uh, highlight of the year, and when I thought I was in quite some big trouble for picking Indiana for the under, oh, yeah. was second game of the year. Absolutely. I when I that was the part of the schedule that I looked at and I said, okay, they they start out at Florida International. That's I think they'll win the game, but still, you're you're a Big Ten team. It's horrible. Starting out still can't believe in they the road. Um, won that pretty handily. I think yeah. if I can remember, I think that was a nine and a half point spread. I took Indiana and they won thirty eight to twenty eight. It was something like that. Oh wow. Almost positive. Nice. Uh, but then I was like, okay, Virginia, ACC team. They Virginia was projected to be a tough team this year and they they beat them they and at that point i'm like and then they win their next game versus ball state and you're thinking at that point holy cow indiana and, and they were at that point a lot tougher than you thought they were going to be yeah beating virginia was huge and if you recall we didn't know who their running back was going to be and that was kind of the stevie scott coming yep. out party yep and all of a sudden okay well now we know who the running back is going to be um yeah they start out Four and one on the season, so you were not looking good on that. No, not that, at all. That bet there. No, not at all. But then, boom, boom, boom. Four straight losses: Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Minnesota. And by the way, those are all three uh, bowl teams right there. I mean, pretty much everybody they lost to was a bowl team, so it wasn't like they were losing to, to chumps. You know, I mean, the losses that they had in the schedule overall, though, you can't point out anything egregiously negative. No or positive on their offense or defense. The problem with Indiana was you had, it wasn't just you didn't know what they were getting from week to week. You didn't know what they were getting from series to series. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. I, so my my take on the season, this is kind of a typical IU football season where they start fast, they get you kind of excited. Okay, maybe this is going to be a little bit different. Start dropping the games yeah. to, to the teams that, you know, you probably should lose to. But then uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to Minnesota again. That was their opportunity. They they had a beatable team, and they 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 were there. They they had the victory in hand, and they, they let it go. Yeah. So they, they just – they never do enough, you know. They, they always disappoint you just a little bit. Which is why Crimson and Corey has the most sarcastic yes. Twitter follow of any team in the Big Ten, from what I can tell. And the best follow. Yeah. Um Overall, though, in the end, five and seven, one game away from making a bowl. You can't, you can't. They sh they didn't fire their coach. They should not have fired oh, their coach. Absolutely not. Um, the overall arc of the program still good. Yeah, I do think they made the right call with getting DeBoard out and getting absolutely and and bringing in a, an aggressive style correct. offensive that seems to have yeah. uh, a good thing. So DeBoer, DeBoer, but not DeBoard. No. Don't you ever get those those two teams or two guys confused. All right, so that will get us to our final team, the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats. Jeffrey the Greek had them at 6-3 and three in the Big Ten, 8-4 and four overall. Big Kurt, a little bit more pessimistic, 4-5 and five in the Big Ten, 6-6 six and six overall. They were actually 8 and one in the Big Ten, eight mm. and four overall. So I nailed the overall record. So that okay. gets me one game closer. We're All now right. at a big, big Kurt lead, four, three, and one. Um, so yeah, eight and four for the regular season. They get the weird loss in the Big Ten championship bowl win, which gets them to the don't see it very often nine and five overall record. Um, I'll let you take it away. First thoughts, Northwestern. So my 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 thought before the season was, I just don't see a heck of a lot of talent here. And when you watch them, you didn't see a heck of a lot of talent. And if you looked at them on paper, all their every statistic, they they shouldn't have even really been a six and six team, which I predicted. But they've got that horseshoe. But I'm going to say something about that. Illini fan talking oh, here. I, I, but hold on. I'm going to give him some credit here. A lot of times you make your own luck, and I think that's what happens. I mean, this can't be luck, them doing this for you know, no. a decade. At some, point, at some point, we as Big Ten fans have got to – it can't just be Northwestern fans that have to point out that 
if it happens this often, it can't it's be luck. luck. There's got to be coaching that's involved. It's and and obviously coaching. there is with Fitzy. There's anybody that would doubt how good of a coach Fitzy is, is some sort of moron or he's jaded yeah. or whatever. I mean, you, you have an attitude on this team that's about, about as good as it can get and discipline that's just unparalleled. You know, it's kind of interesting now that I'm thinking about it that we just did Indiana because to a certain degree, what we talked about with Indiana was nothing that jumped off the page for greatness, nothing yeah. that jumped off the page for negativity, but those those little things in between, Northwestern does them all perfectly right. and Indiana does them okay so let me that's, ask you that's this the question. difference between a five and seven and a nine and five team measure up the talent on Northwestern versus the talent in Indiana I think Indiana's got more talent I do too but Northwestern's got more wins I know and they've and had that's more all that matters. they've had more wins probably almost every year in the last three or four years um I guess the the yes the overall thought uh, thought process feeling or what do you have for Northwestern is extremely Every Northwestern fan should be extremely proud. That was a overachieving team. It wound up being a fun team to watch because almost every game oh, they were in, a, I mean, absolutely. You, you a go fun down, team to you watch. go down their schedule. I mean, I am looking at their schedule. I mean, they they had a. I'm just looking at games where it was even okay. more than like 14 points. I mean, you you can't find them. I mean, no. almost every game was within yeah. two scores. The only thing would be uh, outside that is the Big Ten championship. With Ohio State, you look at the bowl game. I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of the bowl, <laughs> at the be- beginning of the bowl game, it was they were, they were getting run out of the off out of the state. They really were. They were getting killed, and then it just flipped. Yeah, and I remember, and it was. I remember tweeting. I remember tweeting was... out like, "There has got to be Utah and Pac-12 fans that are watching yep. this, and they're saying, what is going on here?'" And every Big Ten West fan saying, "We know what's going on here. We know." Yeah, we have seen we this see it every week. Um, and I want to point out something that was impressive to me is the, the fact that they had absolutely no running game for the first half of the year. And they just somehow manufactured one by the end of the year. They had no running game and no healthy quarterback. That's true. I, yeah. Clayton I, Dorson. They had a quarterback. He didn't even have statistically a good year. Like you would think no, if he's injured, uh, maybe he would, you know, make it a more conservative type of deal where you, you see something where he has like 19 touchdowns and four interceptions he was throwing picks all over the place all over the place yeah he was they turning, still they still won yeah that's one thing they didn't do that well is is they threw a lot of interceptions yeah i think that would have hurt them that, more than it did but on the other side when you commit somewhere around the average of 0.5 penalties a game i think their over under should have been 0.5 penalties <laughs> for every game but make mark the tapes i want to know what is, is can I get a prop bet on how many penalties Northwestern will have in 2019? Do you think you can get a prop bet? There's got to be somewhere that would do that, right? And would it be less than 15? <laughs> like it might be. No doubt they would have the lowest prop bet penalties. Well, they had the lowest penalties in the country. Yep. And and I'm not sure how close it was, but it, it probably wasn't that close, right? Northwestern fans, if if it seems like. We're poking fun. I swear we're to God, we're not poking we're not. fun. I it, mean, it is. Just, I'm laughing because I cannot believe how good they are at certain things. at that stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. I, it's it just, it just, it just a really quick side note. Uh, go ahead. Whenever they list greatest coaches in college football, whatever, right? I mean, obviously Saban and Dabo, and you know those guys are going to come up. Maybe Pat Fitzgerald is the greatest coach in college football. I, it's not a crazy thing to say at all. And I was having a Twitter little tiff, a little dust up with some Iowa State people because <laughs> they were pissed off. There was some list. I don't know who put it out. but Matt some, Campbell wasn't high enough. Let me he guess. wasn't high enough. And I'm like, has anyone noticed that Pat Fitzgerald's not even on this list? Like, come on. This is a bogus list here. It's just another example. There was a guy... Wasn't a dust up. It was just a nice Twitter conversation. As nice as Twitter conversation. Oh, I got attacked go by the Iowa State fans. By the way, oh, because well, I'm not talking Iowa State fans. I never have good conversations with Iowa State. I'm talking today. It was actually a Minnesota fan, and it were, people were just breaking down the Big Ten West, and they just listed off the teams that were on the way up or on the way down, and nobody nobody mentions Northwestern. Oh, and man. I was the one who pointed out. I'm like, I guess we're we're. Just going to glance over the team that uh, the, won the Big Ten the big, West big last Ten year West and have a ton of returning starters. Yep. Um, okay, we've had some fun. But with the schedule, um, it's it's interesting. 
as far as the low point of the schedule, yeah. Okay, what do you got? What, what, well, what? Akron. Okay, see, certainly Akron. Akron could be mm-hmm. you. You could you could maybe make a point that it's Ohio State. Uh from I, an outsider point of view, you expected it to happen. I I mean, I did expect. I actually expected Ohio State to win by more. Okay. My out of one hundred Northwestern fans going into that game. I think a pretty high percentage thought they're going to win that game. That's what I think. Really? Yes. Wow. Once you have that many good feels going, you think you can do it. I guess there's just that, a that was that was a game through what a quarter and a half, almost a half. Yeah, but then they 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 kept it close. Right. If I recall, they covered the spread, didn't they? Ooh, I don't or know. Did they, they not? lost by they lost by twenty one points. Uh, never mind then. Um, so I I I lost on the. I had the under, I think, and I lost on that. Okay, so, now so maybe I won on. So Northwest so maybe so maybe Akron's the obvious choice, but the highlight of the year. What do you what, what do you even choose from? What would what, what's your what well? There's so many, um, but I had at Michigan State and at Iowa. There were two that were kind of toss ups for me. I think at Michigan State, at Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. Every one of those games you could pick out for the quote unquote highlight of well, the year. Well, but Nebraska was in the midst of their their, you know, epic losing streak at that point. I but guess they but Northwestern grabbed victory from the jaws of defeat. They did that do game. that. That's okay. Good how points. that game went down. Good point. Okay. I so, forgot about that. So you got the Nebraska game, how it went down. Right. Um Michigan State, because nobody saw that coming. Right. Um uh, Wisconsin, because at that point you just realized they were in the driver's seat for the yeah. Big Ten West, and right. that was they only took over that October twenty seventh. And then, t- to me, honestly, it would it would be November tenth versus Iowa because they clinched the Big Ten West. Yeah, that day with with two uh, two mm. weeks remaining in the season. Yeah, so probably a good team to end up on there. Northwestern fans, I I'm sure you enjoyed it. You should have enjoyed it. That was an that was an incredible 2018. Well, and I've run into a number of Northwestern fans during this season, and every time I've just congratulated them and said, "Enjoy it." I haven't been that a. They are very intelligent. Go fan. figure. Uh, f- overall, I know it's a rival for you, but very high percentage of good dudes that you when you run into or or interact with them on Twitter. Yeah, I've never run into any bad ones. No, I, I really can't point to them. No, it, there's pretty much none of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So way to go, Northwestern fans. Good job, Northwestern fans. And alumni. Yep. Um, that's pretty much the end of the podcast. That's all right? we got, man. Um, we're done. We have stopped sharing our Twitter handles. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt at B1GKURT. Uh, numbers going up, but we want them to Absolutely. keep going up keep and up. Sharing, we're going to keep it going in the offseason talking about stupid stuff like this because we want to talk about Big Ten football and we hope that you want to hear about Big Ten football. And remember, share, baby. Share, share baby, share. Thanks a lot, everybody. All right, bye. Bye.